0: About 900 B.C., going back in time now, there, um, there was going to be a battle of the ages for Israel and an opportunity for Israel to step up and to step forward in what God wanted. But it was going to go through a giant by the name of Goliath. And Goliath was this, one of the last of the giants, he and his brothers of that time, and he was a warrior from his youth. His sword weighed 150 pounds. He was a, a massive man, some say up to nine feet tall. And um, he was challenging. He would, he would then challenge Israel into a battle, into a fight, mano a mano, man to man. Um, Israel didn't know this was going to happen, of course, at that time. But the enemy knew what he would do, and God knew that he would arrange this moment in time for Israel to be promoted and go to the next level against the army of the Philistines, gain more territory, have more access. And so the people wanted a king, and they chose a king for themselves by the name of Saul. And God did not want a king necessarily. He wanted to be their king like he does today to all his people But they wanted a king like the rest of the world, and so he allowed it to take place. And he would even bless it. But the problem was that Saul was not the leader that God was looking for. Saul was not the leader that Israel would need for the future in facing a Goliath. God knew who he'd have to bless and empower to do it. And Saul disobeyed God. He tripped up. He disobeyed God without getting to all of that. We understand the story. And the anointing or God's hand lifted off of Saul. And God sought for a man. In fact, he sought for anyone who would arise and, and, and who, would, who would go forth and, and say that they would be, that they would be the one to, to be chosen by God. And so God looked upon all of the nation and he saw a young boy by the name of David in a field keeping sheep for his father. When no one else knew where David was, David was to be found. David would be found always being obedient to the father, keeping sheep in a field for his father by the name of Jesse. He was of the household of Jesse. He had many brothers. The prophet Samuel was spoke to by God, and God said, look, I've chosen a king that I'm going to bless. I'm going to empower for the future uh, over Israel. And so he said, he's within the household of Jesse. Go there and you'll see him. God did not tell him which one it was, which son it was, but in fact said he's one of them. So Jesse hears the news and lines up all his sons in the house, and Samuel goes throughout to anoint one to be the king, but he, he goes through all of them, and God rejects, not rejects, but, but, but does not say any of them are to be the king. And they know this. Samuel knows this. Knows this. He said, Jesse, don't you have another son? Yeah, I've got a son, but, you know, <sighs> it's David. And David's a little bit, you know, ruddy, a little bit wet behind the ears. He's a kid. He keeps sheep sheep for me. Certainly he's not the one. He said, bring him to me. God knows who he wants to empower. God knows who he wants to authorize. God knows who he wants to choose for a future date that you have of destiny. He knows who is going to be the one that's going to bring the promotion to pass. And so he says, bring him to me. They brought David in. And he said, God said, that's the one. Anoint him. So he takes the oil, a horn of oil, pours, pours it over the head of David. And David, in fact, becomes king, the rightful king of Israel that day. If you know the story, he had to run for his life when Saul found out about it until an opportune time. And then God did something great where he brought David into a place of alignment to bring down a man named Goliath. And the rest is history. I'm here to tell somebody today that God wants to make sure you know that you have been empowered by the Most High God to face any giant that you're facing today and that God is going to help you like David throw that stone to take down your Goliath. My message is entitled Empowered. Touch your neighbor and say it's time to take it back. Say it's time to get empowered by God. Hallelujah! Father, we love you. We honor you this morning. We give you praise and glory, Lord God, for all that you've done in and through this place, Lord God. What a beautiful day it is, Lord God. What an awesome moment it is, Lord God, for us to be empowered by you, oh God. And we thank you for your anointing, Lord God, that rests upon this word that would be delivered prophetically and apostolically in this place, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Come on, you can do it. Amen. Let's look at Psalms 115. They'll put on the screens for if you don't have your Bibles. 115 verse 16 says this. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. I'm going to read it one more time. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So if God has given us the earth, then who does it actually belong to? Right. The principle is this, whatever's been given to you belongs to you, and the one who gave it to you gives you the empowerment and the access to it. For instance, I don't have my car keys on me today, but for instance, uh, if I was to say, God was to say, I want you to bless Rich with your car, and so, amen, he said amen. I want you to bless Rich with your car, Elder Rich. And so uh, he said, go ahead and do it on this particular Sunday and just go ahead and do it and give him your keys in in the title and it's his. If I give Rich my keys and say, this car belongs to you, who does it belong to? That's right. It belongs to him. Who does it not belong to anymore? Me, old pastor, right? I'll be taking the bus from now on, praise God. But you see, the fact of the matter is, is I've empowered him and given him access to what he didn't have before. I gave him of what I have, and now he has ownership of it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but he has given it unto the children of men. Someone says, well, God gave me this car. Amen, praise God. He gave you that ability to get the car. Believe that, that's wonderful. But if you think God's gonna come down and wash your car, Change your oil in your car. Come on, somebody. Clean the McDonald's cups out of the back of your car. Y'all didn't want to hear that part. Amen. He's not going to do it. In other words, he gave you the car, but he expects you to take ownership and responsibility of the car, and you take care of the car. Somebody say amen. It goes the same with a cat, a dog, a house, you name it. Maybe the Lord empowered you to get it, but now you're responsible for it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, says this. Then God said, excuse me, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You get to have total dominion over everything, Adam. Adam. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So women, you got just as much power and authority. Then God blessed, or he empowered them. That's what that word means. He empowered them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill or replenish the earth, and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Dominion means this, church. Dominion, having dominion. By the way, I believe it's, we're going back to the, the time of Eden again. I believe God's bringing us back. Not that he's bringing us back to something that was, but an authority that we've already, already had. He's, in us, he's waking us up to a truth that we should already have, and that is total dominion. Dominion means supreme authority. Say that. Supreme authority. Supreme authority. To rule. To take possession of is what that means. It means to take over. It means to claim authorization. It means to empower. So God says, I'm going to give you some of me. I'm going to make you in my likeness and in my image. And the way I rule and have dominion in heaven, I'm going to give you rulership, ownership, and dominion, authorization, and empowerment over the earth. The same way I have there, you're going to have on the earth. What if you say goes. Matter of fact, all all them animals I made, you name them. And whatever you name them is what they will be. A hippopotamus is not a hippopotamus, it's not his name. It's what he does, it's his function. Y'all didn't catch that. In other words, he, the name wasn't just a name for something, it also became its purpose. So when he spoke, it became. So he made man like him. In other words, God has empowered you to have dominion over every area of life, just like he gave to Adam in the beginning of time. Even when there's more month than there is money, you've been empowered. Y'all didn't hear that. Even when the bank threatens to repo your car, you've been empowered. Even when you've been overlooked for a new position in your job, you have been empowered. Everybody say I've been empowered. Turn your neighbor and say he's talking to you too. Come on. This idea of dominion or empowerment doesn't sound like a backseat position to me. It sounds like God's trying to put us back in the driver's seat. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to get control back in your life again. You say, well, that's not good. God is in control of everything. Yes, I know he is, but he shared that control with you. And if he didn't, he should not put in his word. He wants us to recognize and wake up to the fact that he puts you as an ambassador of Christ. Wherever he goes, come on, you go. And wherever you go, he shows up. You are the stead of God in the earth. Come on. Come on, somebody. Recognize your dominion. Recognize your authority. Everywhere you walk, the spirit of God goes with you. Not to make you haughty, not to make you prideful, but to make you confident that when you speak and what you say and what you pray shall come to pass. Come on. I said God's trying to put you back in the driver's seat. Amen. And when you are the rightful owner of something, you act like it. And and you react like it. How do you know that? I got a little test you can do this afternoon. What do you this afternoon, go to a Mexican restaurant and walk by somebody and just take a chip off their table, dip it in their sauce on the way, just smile and just eat it and see what kind of reaction you get. They haven't even paid for them chips yet, but they own them. Come on, somebody say amen, and they're going to react like that too. I said amen. Go to the movies this afternoon. Go we'll see a good, clean one. Come on, somebody. Say amen to that. And, and, and just put your feet in the back of somebody's chair and just rock it a little bit while they're sitting in it. See what kind of reaction you get. They didn't pay for that seat, but they paid for the ticket, but not the seat, but they act like they own it. They're going to react the same way as somebody who owned that thing. Somebody say amen to that. Don't believe me? Eat the last bite of your wife's meal. Praise God. See what kind of reaction you get. When you own something, You act like it and you react like it. You defend it. My chip. My salsa, praise God. You get bold. Everybody say bold. Boldness is the instinct of ownership. It happens. Somebody comes on your lawn and and and, and starts to and and, and take and maybe they roll their tire on your lawn and and they put a little imprint on your lawn and maybe maybe spin the wheel a little bit and then take some of your grass out. How are you gonna react to that? Oh look at that, isn't that nice? The neighbors over here again. You wouldn't do that, you'd put a stop to it real quick. If you came home today and went home and somebody had broken your house, sitting on your lazy boy. Eating your chips out of your pantry, watching your TV, got your remote on their lap and the dog on the other side of the lap. We just go, hi, how you doing? Did you get enough chips there? No, you wouldn't do that. You say, get up out of my house for I throw you out of my house. Amen. And some of y'all in Wisconsin got concealed carries. So I wouldn't mess with you no more. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Boldness because you own it. You, this is my responsibility. You can yell at your kids, but you bless God, nobody else can. Amen. Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? The word take it is the word harpazio in the Greek. It means to snatch quickly. To snatch quickly. When you own it, You take it. That belongs to me. Why is that in your hands? Why are you doing that? Violence means this. It's the word "biazo" in the Greek. It means intense, fierce, boldness. Intense, fierce. So it says this, boldness. The king of heaven suffers violence, intensity, fierceness, and boldness. And the violent, the intense, the fierce, and the bold, take it. They harpazio, they snatch it quickly. That belongs to me. So I don't get jealous or envious or upset when somebody gives a testimony of how God's blessed them or they got a new job or they got a thousand dollars given to them or someone paid for a vacation. I don't get all up in my chest about it. I take it. I say, Lord, if you can do it for them, I know you're with no respect to a person. I harpazio that. I feel like speaking in tongues. I'm not a basate. The violent, say the violent. The violent take it by force. So if God has given you a promise, if God has ever given you a word from the Word of God or a promise from His Word or prophetic promise, then why are you being so laid back about it? It's the violent that take it by force. You need to turn your apathy into appetite. Amen. Get hungry about it. Get hungry. Get your hunger back. Be bold. Take it back. Take back what belongs to you in the name of Jesus. Take back your promises. Take back your hope. Take back your passion. Take back your enthusiasm. Take back your dreams. Take back your vision. Take back those things that belong to you. Take it back. You've been empowered to get it back. Anything the devil has stolen, he's got to repay it up to seven times. Take it back! Why are you belly aching? Why are you holding back saying, God never blessed me? Yes, he did. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on Calvary and the blessing is now on you, which means the empowerment, the authorization has now been given to you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. How? Well, we're supposed to go all like, oh God, I just hope this is going to work out. No, no, no. He said come boldly. Violent. You know what i now we understand the Greek word. You understand what it means? Violent with some passion, enthusiasm before the Lord. His throne, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you can walk boldly before the Lord, and you should, you should be bold in every area of your life. We don't go to God like a beggar, we are a child of the King, and we're not a child. Out of some sort of just mercy project, it's because He first loved you and first loved me, and therefore we're a child because He loves us. And then His grace and His mercy was extended to us to fix what was wrong about us, and that was our sin nature. Watch what we watched what we did last week talking about sin and how you rid, you rid sin out of your life by repentance. and through repentance, now I can go boldly before the throne of God. I can. I can cry, Abba Father, which means Father, my father, or it's a term of endearment that means Daddy, and I can go in his throne room anytime I want to. I can interrupt heaven, I can interrupt the affairs of life, I can anytime I want to. Everybody say, I got to come bold. It takes boldness to talk about God at the workplace. It takes boldness to talk about God on your job. It takes boldness to talk about God at the grocery store. It takes boldness to talk about God at the doctor when he gives you a negative report. You say, but my God says by his stripes, I am healed. It takes boldness to talk about God at the bank. But when you acknowledge God, it causes God to move on the scene in your life. It's through my boldness to acknowledge him that I inject him on the scene in my life. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him acknowledge him acknowledge him God has to be paramount God has to be first place you got to put God back where he belongs in number one he said I will have no other gods before me nothing else but I'm number one You don't go when you have a problem to your legal pad first and try to scratch out a plan to get yourself out of it. You don't go to the lawyer first. You don't go to the doctor first. You don't go to the preacher first. You go to God first. He's first, but you acknowledge him. And when you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. We need direction. And the way we get is by our acknowledgement. Being bold. I put God in everything I do. He's first place. Colossians three seventeen, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. My acknowledgement of God is what is going to carry me through. My boldness to not forget him and talk about someone that no one else can see. and Maybe I've never seen with my own eyes, but I know he lives and exists because he lives and breathes inside me. I know what he's done for me. God's only need for his power to come in your life is for your faith to come through. He just needs somebody who will issue forth faith and take him at his word and believe that what he says will come to pass. Here's the deal, and this will sound controversial, but hang with me, buckle up your seatbelt, don't run out the door, and listen to everything. This sounds controversial. If God gave you the empowerment, then it belongs to you. And if if it belongs to you, then God needs permission to have access to it. Now, hang with me. God is a God who cannot lie. Whatever he says, it is. Amen? So if he gives me something, who does it belong to? Me. I gave Rich the car, the keys. He's got the car. In order for me to have access to the car again... I would have to get permission from Rich. I can't just go, hey, give me the keys this weekend. I need it this weekend. I gave him the car. It belongs to him. God gave us the earth. I'm just trying to help you get your prayers to come to pass, to understand how God actually operates and how to defeat the enemy in your life. But we don't understand the process. And so he gave us the planet. He gave us the family. He gave us the job. He gave us our, 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 our circumstance, whatever we have, all the things that we have. He gave it to us. It belongs to us. But pastor, you just said he's got to have permission to access it. Yes, because it belongs to us. God's not a thief. You belong to God. You belong to God before you ever got saved. But you know what? You can make a choice and go to hell if you want to. God will not Go in and say, I'm taking you whether you want it or not. He offers a decision for you to make up. I can't make you love me. I want you to love me the way I love you. I can't make you do that, though. But I offer before you life and death. Choose life. It's better for you, but you have the opportunity to choose what you want. I gave it to you. It belongs to you. Your life belongs to you. So when I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm going right back to where we belong. And that is in a place of prayer. Because when we pray, we're giving God access to our lives and permission to work in our lives to see the victory and breakthrough come through our lives. But when we're not asking for God's help, he can't empower us to do what we're called to do. So when I cry to God, the Bible says, call to God, and He will what? He will answer me and show me great and mighty things to come. He will empower me. Second Chronicles. Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 lays it out. If my people, the agency of mankind, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and then I'll forgive their sin and then I'll heal their land. I'll do what they want me to do. He's saying, but if they'll pray, if they'll allow me to come and have access to work on their behalf, I'll do it. If they don't, they're up to their own devices. They can do, He's, look, watch this. The Old Testament says this. I sought for a man to stand in the gap, but I found no one. Therefore, Israel will die of its own devices. Basically what it's saying. Of what it, what, what it started, it will end that way in death and destruction. I looked for somebody. I'm looking for somebody who will stand and intercede in the gap a gap was a military person that would be a soldier. He was called to stand in the gap. So when there was a breach in the wall, the wall was the protection between the enemy and the people that lived inside the city. A gap would stand literally put his body in the gap. And he would fight the enemy off the best he could. And if he was killed, there would be another soldier right there, just like a PEZ dispenser. The next one would show up and bam, be right there in place fighting the enemy because they knew if they got past the wall, it would be all over for the city. Gap standards. I'm looking for somebody. Moses was another intercessor that God wanted to raise up in the time of, of Egypt and God's people being in, in, in bondage for 400 years. And he heard them and he had pity, the Bible says, upon them. And he, he spoke to a man named Moses in a burning bush. He said, I, I, I am. He said, who are you? He said, I am. I'm the great I am. He said, now go, you go, And speak with Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Notice God did not knock on the door of Pharaoh, but he looked for somebody that he could have permission. Come on, somebody that would say yes to his will, yes to his way and have permission and then be used by God to go knock on the door and speak on his behalf. I'm trying to help somebody. We'll, we'll hoop in just a moment. We'll, we'll preach a little bit. Just give me one second here. Let me teach this. I'm, I'm helping you. Here's the deal. Is that some of you have been praying, God, do this, and God, do that, and God, I need this, and God, I need that. God's looking to empower you. Say, Lord, I'm here. I'm a willing vessel. What would you have me do today? I have these issues. Yes, and you can list out the issues. Lord, how would you want me to handle those today? What phone call do I need to make today? How much money should I seed into the offering today? What kind of obedience do you need? What do you need from me? I'm an open. You have permission. Prayer will begin to change. Now all of a sudden, you start getting receiving instructions from God that empowers you. Amen. We have the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they had to have boldness. Bible talks about a boldness. That's boldness and and boldness is it really is radical faith. It's radical faith. It's saying, I believe in the face of all odds. Hebrew boys, they believe in the face of all odds, and God did a miracle for them, and they were thrown into the fire, and even in the fire, they were not burned. Everybody say the fourth man in the fire. Something about Jesus that likes to get involved in fiery situations. When stuff, heat gets turned up in your life. Come on, somebody. That's when the Lord steps in. I want you to look at Luke chapter 18, verse number two. It says this. There was a certain city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. (laughs) Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. I like that word. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find boldness? Will he really find faith in the earth? This woman was so convinced that her only answer was gonna come through that man and she was gonna bend his arm to get what she wanted. And she did it by going to him and going to him and going to him and going. She kept putting pressure on it and she was bold about it, y'all. And Jesus called that faith. She knew who had the answer. She knew who had the power to release what she needed in her life. And she kept going. And Jesus said, when I come back, I hope to find faith like this in the earth. Let me make this statement. Self-centeredness and intimidation are the enemies of your miracle. And I'll put it this way. I'll say this. Not only self-centeredness, self-consciousness. When you get in your head about stuff, when God tells you to do something, you go, Yeah, but you know, they're gonna look at me a certain kind of way, and you know, I don't know if I should do that, and mm, I tried before and it didn't happen, self-consciousness will be an enemy to you. Amen. we start moving in that direction, and also in the, in the place of you've been intimidated where you don't feel like you deserve it, or you're belittled by something or somebody to where you can't get where God that will become an enemy to you. Boldness is what we need today. We need people standing up and being loud about it and say, I'm not backing down. The devil's the one that could go to hell. I'm gonna stand for what God told me is the truth. And what I say, according to the word of God, shall come to pass. Come on, y'all. Luke chapter 11, verse five. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend... Lend me three loaves. This is at midnight. They say it's six o'clock in the evening. Midnight, friend. Lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. You're thinking, I don't care. It's midnight. Who knocking at my door? I'm offended you'd come to my house. But I got nothing to I can't set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. Sometimes you have to be a bit of a troublemaker to get a breakthrough in your life. Is this thing on? Sometimes you got to stir up stuff a little bit to make people feel a little uncomfortable. It's your boldness. Come on, somebody, that's going to see it through. He said, The door is now shut, dummy. Obviously, I'm sleeping. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. He's offended. But the person outside the door don't care. Why don't he care? Because he knows he's got the answer that he needs. I say to you, Jesus said, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence... He will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Let me ask you, when's the last time you knocked, made some noise for what God promised you? When's the last time you asked for your breakthrough? When's the last time you sought for a miracle? How many needs a breakthrough in a miracle? Let me see your hand. I think it's time we start making some noise and not caring what anybody else thinks about. Come on! My Bible says that if I ask, seek, and knock, there's no way that I won't receive, find, and have open to me what I need. Persistent people prevail. I said persistent people Do we got some people in the house today that are persistently pursuing what God said? I'm not going to let them make me ashamed of myself. If God is in it, I don't care what has to take place. I want to speak it from the top of my lungs and shout yes to God. Get free from people's opinions. They're gonna have one whether you like them or not, or they like you or not. Well, I don't want them talking behind my back. Honey, they're already talking behind your back. They're already doing it. Get free. Everybody say, Get free. (laughs) Persistent people prevail. Persistent people prevail. Persistent people prevail. That's boldness, that's faith. I'm on something here. I'm locked down. I got like a bulldog. I'm locked on this thing. I'm not letting go. I know what he said. I can't tell you how many times I, I, I've been in a place where it, there was no way out, but because I was persistent, I persistently pursued the promises of God. God came through for me in ways I I, I, I can't explain and, and, and just miracles would take place. I can't tell you when... when we had our first production that we were doing called Heartbreak Hotel, and we were in the school building here in town. and, and We had a very small group of people. We had 40, 50 people at the church, and we put on this production. And it was big, it was the biggest thing we'd ever done. And, and so uh, we had the school building, and the day of the production, uh, the water main broke in the school. So, by law, they've got to shut the school down, they can't let anybody in the building. That was going to be our, we were having church that night. Water main broke. And then we were told we couldn't come back to the building that, that evening for the production. So I told everybody, pray. Just pray. I didn't give in. I didn't go, well, what are we going to do? We're just going to have to reschedule this thing. No, we do. No, we had mailers out there. It was the first big thing we have never done before. I was not going to look like an idiot. God said to do it, we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. But well, it's going to happen. One way or another, we're going to be in that building tonight. They said, well, pastor, what should we do? Should we just can't tell people not to show up because we had to be there early to, for the makeup and the costumes and all that stuff? I said, tell them show up as planned. Whatever time it was, 5 o'clock, whatever it was we were supposed to do. And so I said, show, tell them to show up. Okay. So all afternoon, we're trying to get somebody on the phone that we can talk to that will open the building for us. No, We got no, 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 no. Finally, I got the, the guy who took, was the caretaker of the building. I got him on the phone, and I just put the fear of God in him. I said, look, God told me to do this thing. And I said, this is what the Lord told us, told us to do. And I said, you don't want to be between you. You don't want between God and you. You don't want, you don't want this to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? And this is not, and I, I, did, I kind of put it on him a little bit. And I said, I didn't do it hard, but I said, a little bit. And just let him know this is a God thing you're stopping, just so you know. This is a production. You should come. It's going to be great. Da, da, da. I said, but we got to have that building open. Now, what if we did this? What if we got porta potties out here? What if we got water to drink outside? What if we do this stuff? He said, I, 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 nothing I can do for you. What they said. I said, come on, man. If I did, all, I, I just kept on and kept on and kept on. Finally, I wore the guy down. Well, if you get the porta potties and you get the, something to drink outside, okay, I'll let you do it. But don't tell nobody. How can we not tell hundreds of people we invited to come? They're all going to know. I said, all right, that's what we'll do and we just we we just got the somehow we got a porta potty there I think all we had was one we got one praise god and we got some drinks out there some bottled water whatever it was we got some we got and we had to put it outside and then we 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 just everybody got there and it was at the last second we got that thing up and running. And then right as we're starting the program, it kicks off with all the music and all that, and bang, the fire alarm goes off. Bang, bang, and lights are down, and it's flashing. People thought it was a part of the production. Like, yeah, this is cool, man. They thought this the stuff was strobing. They thought it was all a part of the production. And here we are trying to shut the, couldn't shut it off for the first half of the whole thing. It went throughout the whole thing. Had the fire. Tra- Come to send them away. It was just, it was unbelievable. But at the end of that thing, over 150 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Persistent people prevail. Persistent people prevail. Don't back down. They're using their faith. Hebrews 11.1, one, uh, the Amplified says this. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I don't care what it looks like out here, my five physical senses. I know I have something in here that's more real and I won't let it go. You've got to use your faith to take possession of what God has promised you. And boldness is not passivity, it's passion. I got one more scripture and we're out of here. I'm gonna pray and then we're out of here. Second Kings chapter 13, verse 14. It says, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, "Take a bow and some arrows." So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, "Put your hand on the bow." So he put his hand on it. And Elisha said, put, "Elisha put his hands on the king's hands." And he said, "Open the east window," and he opened it. Then Elisha said, "Shoot!" And he shot. And he said, "The arrow of the Lord." He's prophesying the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck up three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. We're talking about something here. Remember, I told you self consciousness. This is weird. What am I doing? He said, strike the ground. He should have been on his knees and taking those arrows and bang, bang. Why? What was he missing? He was missing passion, violence, the violent take it by force. That's the Harpazio. I'm gonna get what I'm promised. I don't care what I look like. He said, strike the ground. He struck it only three times, and the man of God got mad and said, You should have struck it five or six times until your enemies have been completely destroyed. You've got to strike that bad report with passion. Strike that divorce. Strike the depression. Strike the anxiety. Strike the poverty. Strike it until it's gone. Strike the sickness and disease. Strike it, strike it, strike it. Sow sow your boldness into the earth. It's time to take back, church, what the devil has stolen from us. It's time to get back everything God promised us. Come on, church. Somebody shout yes. Hallelujah. I said shout yes. Yes. Do we got some passionate people in here? Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands in this place. Spirit of God's moving the house. Lord, we love you. We honor you in this place. For you are good and you are right always. Everything that we're going through, Lord God, is not without your watchful eye upon it. You didn't, we're not shocked or surprised by it. You didn't get all upset about it. You knew it was gonna happen. And you're still here, Lord. You're still with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. And you got a way in and you got a way out. I said, You got a way in and you got a way out. You always make a way where there seems to be no way. And I declared it over your people today, Lord God. That today, Lord God, you're making a way. Give instructions to your people. Let them hear your voice clearly, Lord God, of what to do next, next step of their life. They, as they acknowledge you, direct their paths. As they acknowledge you, direct their paths. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I pray today, Lord God, the hopelessness that your people have been feeling lately, Lord God, be broken in the name of Jesus. Discouragement be broken. All for God's people. I thought to God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. You have empowered us, O God. You have authorized us, O God. You've given us dominion and authority, O God. We'll not back down. Jesus mighty name. just hear the Lord saying this. It's so simple. Hear the Lord say, if you will not be embarrassed of me, watch what I'm going to do for you. If you will acknowledge me in all arenas of your life to people that may laugh at you and scorn you, watch what I'm going to do for you. For the Lord says, though I do it for you, I want them to see that it was me. That you told them ahead of time that it was me. That they may know who I am, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Diane, just stand up for a second. I hear the word of the Lord of you, that just as you gave your home all those years ago to be a blessing for my work, says the Lord, and did not hesitate. It was no big thing for you. It was a big deal to me, says the Lord. For I raised up even my son and daughter in that home to come to this place and because of that, the Lord says, I'm going to begin to put the things together in the home, the house, uh, the, the family, says the Lord, like never before. The Lord says, I'm drawing things together for you, and I'm going to bring healing in certain areas, says the Lord. That's going to be a blessing to you. And even the wayward son is coming home, says the Lord. And you will see, you will see my hand. But the Lord says, I'm also going to bless your home, your physical home, says the Lord. I'm going to do a deal for you, you watch and see. I'm going to bring it about for you. The Lord says, I'm going to make you a deal that cannot be refused. And you'll watch it. I'll give you a victory in your physical home, says the Lord. The Lord says, get ready, daughter. I'm touching your finances. I'm touching the area, Lord, where you want, you've been, the Lord says, where you've been wanting to be a blessing. You've been wanting to give and be a blessing. Lord says, I'm going to give you the ability to do it and more, says the Lord. But the Lord says, daughter, don't forget yourself. I want you to be blessed too. I want you to have that vacation. I want you to have those nice things, says the Lord. But just know this, when I put it in your hand, you will know it's of me, says the Spirit of grace. Come on, somebody shout. I'm also touching your body. Damani, just put your hand on her. I'm touching your body in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God. I'm touching your body, says the Lord, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I'm touching your blood. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for the purification, Lord God, of her body and every cell, Lord God, to regenerate, Lord God. Let her have a, a, live an old, old life, Lord God. Should be, have be like wisdom. People will come to her from, from everywhere, Lord God, to receive wisdom from you in her old age, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you for touching her body. Whose report shall you believe? You shall believe the report of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Angelina, where you at? Castro, where you at? Come up here real quick. Come on fast. Make it fast. Come on, I got something for you. Come on, passion, passion. Stand right here. Lift your hands before the Lord. You've been asking God for something. God's going to grant it to you, daughter. You've been asking God for a specific thing. God says, I'm going to go. You went out of your way for me. Now I'm going to go out of my way for you, says the Lord. Lord said, I did not give you this testimony for nothing. The Lord says, I'm going to cause you to go in a situation and shake it up with my glory, says the Lord. Amen. And you will go with a whisper. And demons will fear and tremble. Because you're not trying to build a name for yourself. You're not trying to do something outside of God's will. You just want to please the Lord. The Lord says, your whisper will send devils f- to flight. The Lord says, I will give you your own place in time. You'll have your space, says the Lord, in time. But I'm doing something now where you're at. Just know that I will grant it to you, says the Lord. It'll be a, my, and it will be a wonderful place where you'll be able to invite people in. I bless this young woman of God today in the name of Jesus Christ. And I give you thanks for it, Father. Somebody say amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, God Almighty, who was and is and is to come and ever shall be. Blessed be his holy name. Hallelujah. Here's another thing I just heard heard the Lord say, I want to forgive debt in this next year. I want to forgive debt in this next year. Lift your hands if you want to receive that today. Student loans are going to be paid for in the name of Jesus. Credit card bills are going to get paid for in the name of Jesus. God's going to empower you. God's going to give you an idea. God's going to give you wisdom. God, give it to us tonight, today, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Let your empowerment come upon us, oh God. Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Praise God. Ooh, yeah. I want to start singing up in here. Woo. Hallelujah. Yeah, go ahead and clap your hands. This is church. Go ahead and rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you can, hallelujah. but it Yeah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I feel like God has hit the reset button on some of y'all. I feel like God has turned up the passion and the enthusiasm on some of y'all. I feel like God has lit a fire of the Holy Ghost under some of y'all. Did you know there's power in your shout? Hallelujah. Okay, fanatics, sit down. Woo, Pentecostal fanatics in the house. Feels good, feels right. Those watch us right now, you may not be experiencing this at home, but it got a little crazy here for just a second, praise God. That's okay, we like it that way, amen. Amen, because we don't care. Not trying to impress nobody else but God. Audience of one, audience of one.